0: to grave discussions i am one half of your fiendish hosts barnabas and
1: i am the other half samael welcome back
0: yeah welcome back everybody it has been quite the year this is episode 103 jesus 2022 a fantastic year for fear
1: can you believe it's been hundred and three episodes?
0: No, I mean it would be probably approaching two hundred if we had been like, you know, every week consistent like before. But you know, it is what it is. I I still can't believe we hit a hundred. Honestly, which, which so. is
1: crazy. That 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 means we have more than like a hundred hours of like stuff of like just us talking.
0: Yeah, way more than that. Honestly, yeah. Um, which is which is pretty insane. But you know, we love doing this and. You know, we had to come back for this last episode of the year. Keeping the tradition alive, we're going to be doing our uh, top 10 horror films of the year. Uh, So our top 10 lists of movies. Uh, You know, if if you're new to the podcast, then welcome, first of all. But for this particular uh, type of episode, Samael and I are going to be giving you um, our respective top 10 lists Purely subjective, purely opinion-based, but, you know, those are the 10 movies that we like the most, and uh, they are typically ranked, but, I mean, you know, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, but but we like to give you our list and kind of wrap up the year, so uh, I'm super excited for it, I know you're super excited for it, so we're just going to pretty much dive right into it. Um, no news segment or anything like that, just because we got a lot to, to cover, but... You know, before uh, we really get into the lists themselves, I we usually like to kind of talk about the year just in general, you know, very briefly. So, Sam, what did you think of 2022? Just, you know, like a general kind of overview.
1: I think it was like the first like solid year, like really honest to God, solid movies like being like, you know, shot out at us on a constant basis since, you know, COVID started. I mean... The last movie we really saw that was like pushed on us before quarantine was uh The Color Out of Space and we saw that at the movie theater before the movie theater closed down and then like you know that was that was pretty much the last thing before we were all forced to turn into you know recluses and then 2020 was like super slow and there was stuff being released on you know Shutter like what was it like Host right
0: like yeah.
1: Host and then there's like a few things on Tubi being released and then some stuff on Netflix, but it was relatively a slow year. You know, movie theaters were closed down. Business was not booming for anybody. And, you know, horror cinema had like, you know, kind of taken a knee for, for COVID. And we really saw it start to kind of pick back up about like a third of the way through like 2021, you know, everything's like trying to make a comeback. And now, you know, 2022, it seems like everything's like you know cinema wise like back to normal stuffs being released stuffs being marketed in ads like there's movies people are being excited about i mean it's i and i feel like 2023 is going to be better like we got a lot of stuff coming out next year as well i mean scream mm-hmm. fucking was it the 6th one now yeah yeah 6 so i mean and who knows what shutter has in store for us and netflix is constantly dropping surprises on us like shutter is always dropping shit like it's I I think next year is like because 2020 was like uh like a ghost town 2021 the dust was kind of settling 2022 it was like a year after the like the end of the great depression stuff's trying to like trying to like reach equilibrium <laughs> and now 2023 I feel like yeah, I feel I can kick back up
0: yeah I hear you I pretty much agree completely because um you know th- like that span of Two-ish years was kind of rough. You know, not a lot of production companies or filmmakers felt extremely confident in releasing lots of content to movie theaters for obvious reasons. And so a lot of stuff that was created, that was produced, that was distributed, went to streaming, but you know, we still we still didn't see quite the level of of quality and quantity that we normally do and 2022 really felt like the first kind of normal year you know we had like several big franchise movies come out this year which is huge i mean i mean i don't know I'd, i'd have to like look back at previous years and compare but i think definitely like more substantial in in that respect than like 2020 or 2021 you know we had like tcm uh scream five hellraiser etc like several other movies as well and then you had like some pretty honestly some pretty major like independent releases as well you know new material that did come into the theater and honestly like blew everybody's expectations away and a bunch of the same type of movies that came to streaming and like likewise blew a lot of people's expectations away so um, this was this was honestly a huge year for horror and this year for horror especially proved that the genre is is honestly growing in popularity and but still remained very popular like in the box office especially and even for viewing numbers I mean like you said Shudder got you know like lots of new releases probably lots of new subscribers the unfortunate thing is I don't know if you like read about this at all but you know AMC owns Shudder and they announced a ton of layoffs unfortunately and shutter was not spared so some of their like senior staff and other members did get laid off so i'm a little concerned about shutter going into 2023 but i know they'll be fine i just hope that it doesn't have like a huge dramatic impact on their library and like their release schedules and and acquisitions and things like that
1: but, yeah it makes you wonder like i mean i still think what the hell's going to happen like are we going to like be forced to go to 2B or, like, to Screambox? Is Shutter going to collapse now that the senior staff is out? Like, what are the selections going to be like now? Is it going to be more, you know, like it always has been, like, you know, marketed towards, like, people like us that are lovers of the genre? Or is it going to be, like, cookie-cutter movies that are going to be
0: uploaded on there now, like Final Destination and stuff like that? You know what I mean? So Yeah. I I still think the quality is going to be there. I I don't think they're going to pivot, like, too much from their core market or anything like that but i i I just hope like the the mainly it's like the operational kind of aspect that i'm worried about but i don't think it's going to go under and i still think they're going to cater to people like us and not just like the blockbuster you know horror movie fans so i'm not too worried but like i said this year was still huge for horror i mean i think any even semi-knowledgeable or, like, self-respecting, you know, executive somewhere will understand that and will still invest in horror. So, I mean, I'm really looking forward to the new year, but this year was honestly huge. This year, you know, like, solidified the fact that horror is still big. You know, it's it's a, I mean, I don't know, it's a profitable and well-liked cinematic genre and, you know, Like we need to have more of it and we need to have more risks. That's what I like too. In 2022, I feel like there were a lot of movies that, that were kind of risky, which I love, you know, because like, you'll probably see in our top 10 lists, there are movies that, you know, prior to like the pandemic probably would have not even been released to theaters or done nearly as well or been received as well. So no reward without the risk, man. I think, uh, I
1: think you can't push the envelope without risk. If we're just playing it safe, even when it comes to our like classic like you know, like movie antiheroes like Jason and Michael and Pinhead and Leatherface, like they're, they're, they're there also needs to be a changing of the guard, I think. I, I feel like I, I feel like every newer movie from the OGs is trying to like live up to some expectation. And it's just like, bro, just make a sequel. People don't want, a, you know, they, we would love, we, we love the risk, but there's a lot of the movies of this year that, that took that risk. And it was like, kind of like, what are you doing? Like, we just wanted yeah. to see more of our heroes. And then a lot of stuff got like, kind of like, and I'm, this is, this is not about Hellraiser, by the way. I still haven't seen that. I'm talking more of like Texas. <laughs> is this, is this about Halloween? Ends? And Texas Chainsaw. Like, I feel like bringing Leatherface into 2022 as, like, a fucking seven-year-old man. It, it's it's kind of weird. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, like... We just want to see classic, like, sequels. When it comes to the OGs, we just want to see stereotypical sequels, honestly. I feel like most of us. But when it comes to, like, the newer original movies, like, yeah, that's when we want, like... You know, stuff that's gonna shock and awe and, like, fuck with us. And, like, just completely, like, change the tropes and everything. And I don't know. Like, I just it was it's yeah. been it's been a roller coaster honestly this year for the original movies and for the ogs so
0: yeah i I've, i mean there were definitely some like low lows uh but i i also feel like there were some really high highs as well and like even for example you know we i'm not going to mention specific movies but there were certain movies that i think that could probably be you know already seen as modern classics or instant classics and definitely some characters specifically that probably fit the mold so I'm, I'm interested to see where those movies and characters stand after like a few years hell even next year but we'll get more into that um so yeah i mean overall i think 2022 was definitely uh, a great year for horror one that we really needed for horror, because even though there were some shitty movies and sequels and whatnot, like God, don't get me started on Hocus Pocus 2. I don't know right anything do about that. But, I mean, bro, fucking the you know. Terror
1: Train remake came out this year. Straight to 2 yeah, I didn't like, even watch that. What does that tell you? Yeah,
0: it looked terrible. Yeah, it looked terrible. I didn't even know about it until someone in that like Facebook group posted like Terror Train. I was like, Terror Train, like, is this a remake or something? And then I looked into it and I was like, Oh god, dude. There's I didn't know they like made a sequel to terror train
1: i did not know about it till i opened up tubi to try to look for like miscellaneous horror movies and then i just saw terror train and i was like huh and then there was like a clown on the front or
0: something and i was like yep nope yeah i don't know man that's that's wild to me but all right before we get too much more off track uh let's dive into our our top 10 list here uh and you know, I know you made pretty much just a top 10. I did keep track of my entire kind of list of horror movies that I've seen this year. And uh, usually I like to at least give a few honorable mentions. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give a few honorable mentions and then we'll dive right into number 10. If that works Let's for you. get it. Let's hear your honorable mentions. I'm curious. All right. I
1: know for me, right. VHS so,
0: 99 is an honorable mention. Okay. That, that was in my top... Uh, 25 but i think i probably ended up watching like more movies than you did this yeah i year, think so. so all right well let's i'm only gonna give my three honorable mentions so at number 13 i had scream 5 now uh, i know this might not uh, this might trigger some people mm-hmm. i know the caretaker you know for example loves scream loves scream 5 as well um and i did like it but I don't know. I, I just preferred my my top 10 and I thought Scream 5 was great. I'm really looking forward to Scream 6, but I don't know. It just it didn't have those defining elements, I think, for me to make it all the way up into my into my top 10. You know, I appreciated what it did, but at the end of the day, it's a good blockbuster horror sequel for me. Not a ton more than that. So at number 12, I don't know if you've seen this one or not, but I have Phil Tippett's Mad God. I I may have scrolled by it. Okay. Well, I think you would probably enjoy it, but it's definitely kind of uh, an acquired taste, I'll say. So basically, the movie has been in the works for like, I don't even know how long, two decades or something like that. Like a crazy long time. It's It's crazy. It's completely stop motion. It's uh, from one of the I think visual effects supervisors on, and don't roast me if I get this wrong, uh, online users, but, uh, I think he worked on like star Wars or Jurassic park, maybe both or one or the other. I should have probably done more research, but anyway, he, he worked on like one of those iconic films. Uh, and so he's been working on this movie for a really long time, pretty much like almost by himself, although he's had a team behind him, but, um, largely by himself really kind of like doing all the models like the sculptures setting up the environments and everything filming it and uh it's it's extremely interesting it's basically like this spelunkers journey into like the bowels of hell to uh like carry out this like bombing mission or something like that i don't know the story is kind of vague because there's really no dialogue in it and uh it's kind of like all over the place but that's the gist of it but it's super cool it's like really disturbing uh it's i don't know it's just this like phantasmagoric like descent into hell all stop motion it's super cool i mean i think you should at least like check it out uh just to just to see okay. it. it's, a, it's an experience that's all i'll say i mean it, it sounds uh, super interesting yeah I don't know. I, I, I know it didn't probably connect to a lot of people because it doesn't really have like a very like typical linear story to it, you know? And like I said, there's a really like no dialogue. Um, so it's hard to even like connect with the characters, but it's really just about like the visual and like sensory experience of the film. So I definitely recommend for anybody who hasn't seen it, at least just give it a chance to see what it's all about because, Um, it's, it's extremely fascinating. And, you know, the guy put a lot of work into it, pretty much grassroots effort to like get it out into the world, um, went to shutter, you know, shutter picked it up and it was like a pretty big hit there. So, and then at number 11, I have, uh, kind of also flew under the radar, but, and, and you know, it's hard to call it like horror straight up, but it does have horror elements. So I would say it's adjacent, but, uh, this one, came out on netflix and it's called the house seek it out on netflix it was kind of like i said under the radar release but it came out one day i saw like maybe some stills of it online or something like that and uh it's actually an animated uh feature i think this one actually may also be stop motion but don't quote me on that i think there are some stop motion elements to it but um this one's kind of interesting because it's an anthology movie and i think there are three distinct stories and uh the main kind of draw of it is that the characters are basically anthropomorphic characters so in I, th- I think i don't know if they're all rabbits or something but i think in the first one the main character is like a rabbit and you know he walks and talks like a, a person kind of um and then i think in the other stories there are the other animals but it's it's interesting i mean the third story doesn't have quite so much like horror elements but the first and i think the second story definitely do and the horror elements that are present i think are pretty creepy for like a stop-motion animated film Uh, especially the first story because it's about like this uh this guy who's like preparing a house to be basically sold and so he's getting ready for like an open house and all these like bugs start pouring in and basically make the house kind of like janky and you know and dirty and fucked up and there there are some pretty like cool horror elements like some creep, pretty creepy things uh, in that story in particular. So I, I really liked it. I thought it was a pretty innovative film. So that's why it's number eleven for me. All right. So now onto our lists in earnest, starting at number ten. You want to go first, Sam. Alright,
1: let's get it. And number 10, I had to include it, even though I was not a giant fan. I felt like it was all over the place, but I had to include it because my boy is in there. At number 10, we have Halloween Ends. Alright. Brave of you. <laughs> Very brave, considering, like, I was not a giant fan. But, out of everything I've seen, this year, I had to include it because of our boy Michael, and spoiler alert, it's his final film in the franchise because he gets straight up fucking murdered. By a grandma and her granddaughter. And I don't know. I felt like I liked where the movie was going at the beginning. And then at the middle, it kind of lost me. And then at the end, I was like, what the fuck? But I thought, well, at the end, it kind of picked up when Corey was the shape. When he was going around murdering people. And I thought Corey was a badass shape. I thought it was just weird him running around with a jumpsuit and some fucking converse. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, (laughs) yeah you know at least give him some fucking boots but i i felt like it deserved to be in the top 10 since it's like the last one out of that franchise and michael myers and david gordon green's franchise has like you know they're lucky it does but it does have a special place in my heart because Mm -hmm. it brought back our friend mikey after years and years of him being gone and then i don't know i felt like whatever kind of like movie halloween ends was going to be everyone was going to be upset about it whether it be another run-of-the-mill slasher whether it be like a showdown so they decided to as you say be brave and take this in another direction and i'm kind of glad they did because like the more i sit and think about it the less i kind of like hate it and i just i think i just got to go back and rewatch it but i gave it a chance and at the Against my better judgment, I, I put it at the very last spot, number 10. So compared to the other movies
0: I saw, this one was my least favorite, if I'm going to be honest. Okay. Yeah, that's fair, dude. I mean, I'll say this much. It has, like, redeeming qualities, you know? It, it's not like, even though even though we kind of shit on it, especially in our uh, last episode, you know, we also did point out the good qualities as well. And I mean, there were For some... Sure. There were some good things about Halloween ends. Don't get me wrong, but it, also to say if you guys hadn't haven't seen also if you guys haven't listened to our last episode where we covered Halloween ends, go check it out. It's episode 102. You can find it right on our website, gravediscussions.net, but anyway. Uh, you know, I I still think I'm going to go back and watch it at some point too. I don't know if my opinions on all the kind of shit parts are going to change for me but i know with repeated, i know with repeated watches that you know I, I i won't give it such a hard time because my expectations are already where they're at you know i'm, I'm not like looking to overanalyze it or whatever and and i can really kind of just enjoy it but I, I still think elements like the Corey storyline could have been done better just how michael was presented probably could have been done better i still wasn't like a huge fan of where the allison character went and all that but but i I get it i mean it's kind of like a last hoorah and i know you love halloween so it makes complete sense had to put it in there man like even though like
1: it wasn't like the best halloween film probably like honestly like bottom four of the entire franchise yeah, that's fair. and that's not saying much considering like m- the most of the franchise is kind of shit anyway. But <laughs> yeah, it's kind of down there with Rob Zombie's Halloween
0: for me. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. I probably would agree with that. Well, my number 10, Um, you actually just said not that long ago that you still haven't seen it, which is surprising to me. But hopefully after my placement and after my mini little review, you'll you'll go and watch yeah. it pretty quickly but it's a uh, hellraiser.
1: I I was going to say I feel like it's hellraiser.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um you know I was I was really looking forward to this one because I you know I I was looking forward to this one because I really kind of followed this movie from its conception to its release, you know, I I was on there. I was on social media defending, you know, the the casting of Jamie Clayton as as the hell priest or Pinhead and Defending, you know, David Bruckner and all that. Even before I watched the movie, because I I appreciated that they were going back to the source material. And, you know, last year, if uh, any of you ghouls want to go check out our, our last, um, you know, like top 10 annual review, I had a David Bruckner film, The Night House, as my number one film. And I thought... The Night yeah. House
1: was so good.
0: It was great, yeah. And I thought that that movie was great. I think David Bruckner is doing some big things in horror right now. And I think he's a competent horror director. So I was like, this movie's gotta be good. Right. And I watched it and it was for me, at least, you know, some people weren't like huge fans of the Cenobite makeup and all that. I get that. It's different. You know, it's not your standard Clive Barker, you know, uh, eighties Hellraiser, like clad in leather and shit, but they were trying to, to make it, more akin to the source material where they're kind of clad in, like, actual skin and whatnot. And I overall enjoyed the, the Cenobite designs, but I just really loved the atmosphere of this movie. The main characters were kind of whatever, but I, I think they were fine. But just in general, I mean, the fact that this movie was able to take this original material and then knowing that it had to go up against Clive Barker's original Hellraiser as well, you know Doug Bradley as Pinhead and all that, and actually like put out a pretty great horror film is is huge for me, and I think that it's it's probably the most impressive like uh, you know release in like an existing franchise this year for me at least, just because it it had to basically meet that standard and i think it it did you know whether or not it becomes a classic like barker's hellraiser remains to be seen but i i think it's a really good entry and this one honestly for me is probably at least top three or four in the hellraiser franchise which again like halloween isn't saying that much because after like three they kind of were shit but yeah but but still i would i would say after two they kind of go to shit yeah so honestly, man, like, I, I think it did a really good job. So um, you should go check it out. If anybody is still on the fence about it, because, you know, you have your obligation to the the classic Hellraiser or whatever, just put that aside. Go check it out. You know, I, I think that most people are probably going to like it. You know, if you put your nostalgia aside, just watch the movie for what it is. It's a pretty cool story, honestly, you know, and the story... And, like, the characters and their motivations honestly fit the Hellraiser, like, mythos and the lore, I think, pretty well. So that's my number 10.
1: I definitely, I definitely will go check it out. It's just, like, with, like, Halloween and everything and, like, every other movie that I, have like, had on my list to watch during the month of October, I kind of, like, was, like, "Eh, Hellraiser doesn't fit the the mold for my, like, list of movies for Halloween. So I was, like, let me just, uh,
0: let me save that one for a rainy day yeah well you know i don't know i don't know what's happening over there but we got this huge like winter storm coming this weekend so if you guys have anything similar like it would be a good time to hunker down and maybe like watch Hellraiser or something but i get it there were a lot of like new releases in october it was really hard to keep up with everything i didn't watch everything either yeah so all right guys that was our number 10 movie of 2022 now moving on to number nine same number I nine, I? I, th- I I, just think
1: you're going to be shocked that I chose this movie because you're going to okay. be like, that is reprehensible. I don't know how this movie made it into your top ten. <laughs> but listen, we'll I enjoyed it because of how much I didn't enjoy it. And number nine is Dash Cam. Oh, okay. I still haven't seen it, so. Okay, let I'm, me tell I'm, you this. The, okay. the main character is reprehensible. She's like constantly saying like all this, like, M- make America great again and snowflakes oh, and are you triggered? And then like, she goes to like her friend in England and they hang out and then she steals his car and he's like, what the fuck? And then she like goes and tries to like do DoorDash or whatever. And then she picks up this like old lady who's like acting all strange. And it turns out the old lady is like possessed. No, was it an old lady or is it a kid? I think it's an old lady. Yeah. Mm. And then like her daughter's trying to like get to her and she's like chasing down the car and the old lady turns out to be like possessed or like like some sort of like demonic like vampire type thingy, okay. And then the girls like her and her friend, they're like trying to help her out, and this bitch is like all like climbing a tree and shit, and like hiding in the woods and all the time, all the, all at the same time. The main character still being like reprehensible and unredeemable. And then she wanders upon this like fucking cult in the middle of nowhere. And she tries to get out. And then like there's another demon and it's like an actual like creature and it's in like chasing her through like a garage and like, and it's she's like rapping throughout the whole movie and it is embarrassing for all parties involved. It is the best worst movie I've ever seen. And I think you should check it out.
0: I mean, that's pretty high praise, honestly. Yeah, I know I, I I try not to spoil myself about it, but I did come across a lot of posts on social media like a lot of posts i think i don't know if it hit like a streaming service or something but there was like a specific period of time where i was just seeing nothing but fucking dash cam posts and i was like okay i guess i'll have to watch this movie eventually but like i didn't know what it was about i heard about it earlier in the year because it was getting some hype but it wasn't really until like later in the year that all these people were coming out like this is the worst movie I've ever seen. The main character fucking sucks. Like She's the worst, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I guess I got to see it because I have no idea what can make people oh my rage this you, badly. You,
1: are, you, you, will, you will hate her so bad. You're going to hate her with all of your heart. But like, <laughs> once shit starts going down, it starts going the fuck down. I think I rented it for like four bucks off of Prime. Okay. So
0: is it more like you just... You like it because she's so fucking terrible that you just want to see it through so that she dies or like, yes, were there yes, other good qualities uh, about the movie? There are, there are good qualities.
1: How creepy the possessed woman is, how creepy the demons are, okay. the, the cult, the, the kills are fucking crazy. There's a bitch with the shotgun chasing them. It's, 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 if you're okay, okay this is, this is a Saturday, this is a Friday night chilling and hanging out with your girl type of movie. This is not like a movie you want to like, you know, like, you're not looking for any like sort of like analysis and like trying to like pinpoint
0: like what (laughs) means what. This is a mindless fucking movie. It is so fucking dumb that I love it. Hey, sometimes you need to watch a movie like that. So I I get it. Plus, you know, I really like those found footage movies where there's just like a lot of chaotic shit going on and like some creepy stuff, you, you know, so.
1: Okay, you I'll watch Hellraiser if you watch this.
0: Okay, yep, deal. But bet. Cool, all right. It, it was already on my list, but now I'm, I'm going to try to prioritize it. All right. Cool. My uh, number nine, again, c- kind of like dash cam, maybe not quite as much because I know dash cam is like really on one end of the spectrum and, th- and this movie maybe is, is not quite there, but uh, this movie I think really depends on how you perceive what's going on in the movie. You know what I mean? Well, you'll you'll, yeah. you'll know. I don't know if you've seen it, but you'll kind of understand, I think, when you hear it. But this one you might be surprised about for me, too. I don't know. But it is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. See, I've been hearing about it, but I have not seen it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you probably at least have a vague idea of kind of what it's about you know pete davidson's like, r- in reprehensible it. You've got, teenagers yeah essentially you got pete davidson you've got uh i don't remember all of their names off the top of my head but the the one actress the lead from shiva baby is in it which she's she's honestly a great actress and, and super funny but um you know it, it's essentially about this group of like privileged overprivileged teenagers who get together at like a mansion. Not any of theirs, of course. It's like their families, because you know they're those fucking, uh, like I said, super privileged, like wealthy teens who don't give a shit, et cetera. Yeah, they're really obnoxious ones, you know. The the and, ones you like uh,
1: root to like get
0: murdered, like ex- they're the exactly. ones you want to see get their heads pulled off like a champagne cork. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's almost like nobody redeemable really or anybody that you want to root for except i guess perfect perfect (laughs) yeah except i guess for the for the main character b to some extent um because she kind of comes in like you don't really know too much about her she's like the shy quiet girl kind of thing you learn more about her as the movie goes on of course but um anyway there's this like huge hurricane coming and so these teens are like at this mansion basically partying to celebrate the hurricane or whatever, I don't know. It's some dumb shit, right? But one thing leads to another. <laughs> I don't know. One thing leads to another. They're like uh they're 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 in this mansion, it's nighttime. The storm causes like the power to go out in the house and shit. And and they decide to play this game bodies bodies bodies. And it's kind of like a murder mystery thing, you know, the lights go out, someone is the killer and you know, uh, if, if the killer finds you, they tag you and you have to be like dead or whatever, but essentially they come across a real dead body and then they're forced to try to find out who the killer is. Meanwhile, you know, they're all like pretty shit people. They're all hiding something. They all have something against one another. It's that kind of thing. So is this one on shutter. I don't think it's on shutter, but it might be on a streaming service. I'm not sure. I'll have but to that, rent it. It sounds like, it sounds like it's up my shitty people getting cool. murdered. <laughs> like, this is it's, what we live for. Like, yeah, this is it. it. It's essentially, I'll say this much. It's it's part murder mystery, part like um, comedy, part neo slasher, because it does present as like a slasher movie. I'll say that much, but it doesn't really feature like your standard, you know, masked killer type of thing, but it has lots of slasher elements, but it does smart things with them so at it's it's at the same time it's kind of um it's kind of like a look into the slasher genre but it 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 tries to do something different by examining these like youths as well and their internal conflict it's really their like internal like group dynamic and their distrust of one another that really drives the movie forward and it does some pretty smart things um in my opinion, and honestly, there are some pretty funny moments too. So, uh, I know this one kind of divided a lot of people because people are like, "Ah, it's stupid," you know. It's got like Pete Davidson in it; he he sucks, and like, I don't know, it was stupid, you know, the standard arguments. But but I think this movie as kind of like a neo slasher doing something new in the slasher subgenre. I think is is pretty cool, and I think it did what it set out to do uh there were some tense scenes some good cinematography honestly i think this movie had some great acting too i'll, I'll give it up for for the actors you know um so yeah i i really enjoyed it so yeah, I, I definitely I feel like, recommend you check it out
1: i feel like i would enjoy something like that too and i was just looking it up when a bunch of when a group of 20 somethings attend a hurricane party like okay yeah you yeah. all deserve to die
0: <laughs> uh yeah, exactly. So I mean, it, it's pretty cool, you know. Like uh, my wife and I were just kind of sitting there, you know, debating like who the killer was, why they did it, etc. So it, it's a fun time, you know. And it'll leave you guessing, and then the end is totally—it's totally off the walls, and and you may not expect it. So oh, that's yeah. always good in horror, right? All right. So those are our number nine picks for our top ten list fiends. Moving on to number eight. Number eight, streaming on Shudder, a movie I just watched
1: uh, Thanksgiving weekend and I loved it. It reminded me of an old Giallo film. It reminded me of somebody's watching, like kind of like you said, like Rear Window. And it is Shudder's Watcher, not Netflix's The Watcher, but Shudder's Watcher. Nice. It definitely is worthy of the spot. It's tense. It has a couple moving to Romania, you know, <laughs> typical Slavs. And then there's like a murderer going around and then they think they find the killer. And then the main character is like, wait a minute. I think I'm being stalked by the killer. And there's twists and turns and twists and turns and then a giant twist at the end. And it's like, wow, I felt like it was done right. Mm-hmm. It was super eerie. You were wondering the whole time, am I crazy? Is she crazy? Are we all crazy? Is it her? Is it the husband? I, I-, I suspected the husband at first kind of like it, that would have been the craziest twist ever but yeah, it's I solid hear. it's so fucking solid man the creep factor is great the constant like i felt like i had eyes on me while i was watching that movie mm-hmm. and you really didn't know what to think this movie took you in like 18 different directions and you did not know like which idea to just fucking run with i i was talking to my fiance while we were watching the movie and like oh, we were we were just like i don't know which direction this is going to go i feel like it's either going to be very like Occam's razor, simple, like the simplest explanation is like the actual one, or it's going to go like off the rails and go in like a completely different direction that we didn't see before. And I was really hoping it wasn't like, oh, it was just all in her imagination. And it fucking was Thank goodness. That would have been the shittiest fucking ending, but I loved how it ended. And I feel like that's how those stalker movies should be done. Bravo.
0: Yeah, dude, I, I agree. I mean, I really only have nice things to say about it. The only thing I guess I would criticize it for is that the concept itself, like the plot itself is, is not new, but it doesn't have to be because what it does, it, I think it does very well. And this movie, in my opinion, at least probably has one of the best atmospheres of a horror slash thriller movie of this year, flat out, because I mean, like you described, it's completely eerie. It leaves you guessing. You know, just even, like, the shots of the windows, of the alleys, everything is set up to make you feel uneasy, to make you feel like the main character is never safe, which you come to find out she really isn't. And that's the kind of brilliance of it, because, you know, every single scene, every single frame that she's in, you're kind of looking in the background. You're trying to see, okay, is somebody stalking her? Is somebody there? So it's, it's really tense, and uh, I agree. Like, you know, we ended up watching it as well and we really enjoyed it because we we were just kinda like, you know, on the edge of our seats the whole time. If you'll excuse the, you know, phrase, but but yeah, yeah it, it was really well done. I think Micah Monroe uh did a great job. And the direction by Chloe Okuno, who, fun fact, did the Rotma segment, Storm Drain, in oh. uh, VHS ninety four. Yep. This was her first like big feature after after that one. And so I think she's She's a horror filmmaker to watch out for, for sure, but um, I think she did a great job directing this one, and uh, that's a solid number eight, man. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I've, I had
1: never had a movie gaslight me so many times. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it, it really took you through, like, a lot of twists and turns. Honestly, like, the first time, I don't want to spoil it, but, you know, the first time she, like, went into the the apartment building and kind of saw him I was like fuck like was i wrong the whole time like was it just leading me on is this guy really just a red herring and then well i don't want to say too much more but but i think it's it's set up in a very great way like the structuring of the story of the twists and everything is is really good yeah it didn't feel like it
1: dragged on at all or like mm-hmm. was like leading us up a wall for no reason it didn't leave anything like unexplained and i i just felt like i i was invested in it and then when it was finally over i was sad because like the mystery was gone and i was like damn it
0: yeah no i i agree i agree well my number eight is uh <laughs> kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum honestly and um it's it's the last movie to be on on my list anyway to be part of an already existing horror franchise so everything after this are, are originals surprisingly but um this one is streaming on hulu i wonder if if you know what it is and um i'm kind of surprised actually i put it over hellraiser but i just really enjoyed this one and it is none other than prey oh son of a bitch i completely forgot about that movie no did you well i wonder uh, tell me at the end where you'd maybe put it because i don't i don't want to spoil any of your other picks but yeah dude um Prey was sweet. You know, I was really looking forward to this one because I'm I'm a Predator fan, but I wouldn't say I'm like a humongous Predator fanboy, but I really appreciated that uh this movie was trying out something a little different. I know there's some controversy, you know, with um with your friends short film and everything like that, but I still had to include it because I did enjoy Prey quite a bit.
1: Oh yeah dude you can you can enjoy whatever you want like in a I mean it's I felt like the elements in it were like kind of like not stereotypical but what else can you do like oh a girl can a girl be and and the thing about this movie it wasn't like is the girl strong is she strong enough to mm-hmm. beat the predator it was like is she smart enough is she cunning enough exactly is she athletic enough and that was like the whole thing and it's like whatever people want to call this a woke movie like fine, but it doesn't like jam the shit down your fucking throat, no. and it's not just like girls can do it
0: too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, can we like stop pretending like there weren't badass, probably very strong, uh, native women back back in that time? I mean, sure, they There's weren't fighting definitely. alien hunters from outer space, but like the the gender norms were not even nearly the same as like what we know of nowadays, and everybody had to contribute. No, dude. You know, she especially could definitely, like, like native women,
1: like, like native women from back in the day can definitely beat your average
0: zoomer in a fist fight. Like, you know what I mean? Like all these <laughs> yeah.
1: TikTokers, like she would like, fu- they would get fucking
0: curb stomped. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I mean, I think Amber Midthunder embodied that really well. I think she did a fantastic job. Arguably, you know, the best aspect of that film, apart from the Predator itself, I think the kind of older more ancient kind of predator was super cool. He still had the advanced technology, but it was I still think a little was more a, dated, you know.
1: I don't know. I feel like he was more badass than the original. I'm sorry, fanboys. No. Oh.
0: I th- I think it was cool because you can tell like this is not like a super uh skilled predator, but yeah. It it kind of it kind of makes sense because at the same time you have like this native technology and like muskets and shit. And so the 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 playing field is similar, but like you said, kind of like the original Predator, it's not about who has more brawn, right? It's about exactly. who's the who's the smarter uh, combatant, and so this movie did that, I think, really well too. Um, plus, you know, it did have also this this character arc of her kind of trying to prove herself in her tribe. And I think it did that well, like you said, without shoving it down your throat. I know some people automatically are going to think that that's what was happening just because she's a female, just because, you know, her, her one line or whatever about like having to, you know, prove herself as like a competent warrior and everything. But fuck it. I mean, this movie wasn't woke, but what it was, I think, was an entertaining and and well done predator movie and the visual effects were cool you know the story was fine i mean it was what it was similar to uh predator in a lot of respects like how the predator came and everything but um i i I liked it it was enjoyable and if anyone's
1: like "I i just don't want to hear that woke bullshit everyone always dude 80s movies were woke there was always a final girl like mm-hmm. there would be a girl who's like five foot three, one hundred fifteen pounds, and she would absolutely mangle like the six foot six murderer. Like, come
0: on, like that's not woke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I I don't want to get too much into it because it's it's not even worth it. But so let's move on to number seven now. Are we at number seven? Yep, number seven. All righty.
1: So, for number 7, I have The Infamous
0: X. Okay, perfect. It's actually my pick as well, so we can just discuss it perfect. together. Perfect. I'm I'm glad you felt like how I felt. I felt
1: like it was very well directed. I loved I loved I loved the setting. It it gave very original Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes, mm-hmm. like the setting yep. itself. But I did not I'm not going to lie. Once I started watching it, I did not know where it was going. I did not know it was going to be, like, um, batshit crazy old people, you know? Because, like, you know, yeah. that just uh, <laughs> that just seems to be, like, the theme nowadays. Like, the and you know, the whole movie, I guess, was about boomers hating the Zoomers. You know what I mean? If we can, like...
0: Yeah, essentially.
1: And it's about, like, you know, the older generation know, and then the newer generation. Yeah, blah, it's, blah, not,
0: blah. it's not contemporary, but that's essentially kind of what it is, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it was just... I felt like... Um, Honestly, I felt like the final, they kind of threw us for a loop and threw all the tropes out the window. The person you thought was going to be the final girl ends up like not being the final girl because like, um, I don't know, Mm spoiler, she has sex and then like cheats on her boyfriend. And then it turns out like the promiscuous girl from the beginning is the final girl, which is like, what the fuck? And it makes the most sense because like that whole like repressed virgin energy you know like that's not a thing you know i mean people could say it is all you want but the more <laughs> yeah. experienced person the more person the person that's been through the most fucking shit the person that's lived life and like seen real things like mia goth's character that's the one that's going to get out of the situation it's not going to be the little duncey virgin mm-hmm. girl and but you know they threw away that trope like you know well, halfway through the fucking movie anyway so and then you got the fucking pussy ass yeah. boyfriend crying in the corner like she cheated on me it's like bro Grow some fucking balls, like if your girl, like literally right in front of you, says I'm about to hop on this dick and like get filmed doing it, like you should just fucking walk away. You don't go in a corner and fucking
0: cry. Like, come yeah. on, dude, you're such a fucking bitch. <laughs> I hated him. I mean, I hate him. You know, him. the whole I, I did too, I, but the whole you know virgin thing is is rooted in that in religion, essentially. For sure. And so you know, f- following the the '80s trend of like the the virgin final girl because she's holy and so you know her her holiness defeats the the evil being or killer or whatever it was fine then because you know the whole kind of religious aspect of it was still very prevalent throughout like eight like 70s 80s america but much different now i mean ty west obviously is kind of a boundary pusher for sure dude and he he approached this movie as you know, like uh, sex and and even like sin to her, you know, to some respect or what we think of as sin can be liberating. It can be powerful, and that's the whole point of like having these people filming like a porno on exactly on this set, which they're really not supposed to be at, you know. So, um, that's that's kind of the whole point of it, and so. You know, taking Jenna Ortega's character, flipping that whole thing on its head, and then having her kind of, kind of end up being like sort of a bitch <laughs> after her whole exploration. You know, I think uh, that that was a really interesting way to defy that trope, and and definitely shocking. So I, I appreciated what it did, and uh, yeah, like you said, I, I wasn't expecting the. Well, I I kind of expected the the older folks to. To be the killers, but I did not expect a lot of their behavior to be what it was. Yeah, it was
1: very fucking weird, dude. And then the little twist at the end about uh, Mia Goth's character on the TV screen, remember? With her dad. Yep,
0: yep. Yeah, man. I don't know. And it was really cool, I think, too, that she played two different characters in this I, movie, and I had no I had idea do, she was It, it wasn't
1: until after, until I read some trivia about it. I had no fucking idea that that was her. She's so fucking talented. Like, the only time I ever heard of her character mm-hmm. was, a, was it The Cure for Wellness? Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I, yeah. It's really long and very confusing, but, and then she was in, like, uh okay, like, what was his name? Um, The Nymphomaniac um trilogy or whatever, like the... He he oh, he made Antichrist.
0: Okay. Yeah, Lars von Trier. Yeah,
1: he did like the Depression Trilogy or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Cuz he was yeah. 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 Oh, and she was in Suspiria as well. But she was kind of like a secondary character, I think. I don't remember her character very well. Yeah, she the, the new Suspiria. She's she's a gangster, man. Yeah, she, you know, this is the first movie I think we've come across where uh like I was saying before about kind of these modern horror icons. I mean, Mia Goth, I think already this year alone has cemented herself as like a bonafide scream queen and i think she's only gonna go up for sure i I don't know i mean her
1: role as she's married to shia i don't know if she was married to shia labeouf and they got like a kid or some shit
0: oh i I didn't know that either (laughs) i didn't didn't, there's some trivia her her role here as like yeah as as maxine and pearl i mean i think is uh you know she wanted to be a star right in the movie and i mean i think this full movie and sequel I think have already kind of cemented her place as like kind of a horror at least a modern horror icon I think so you know we'll see where it goes but but Pearl the, the character of Pearl was absolutely insane and then Maxine like you said you know is, is hit or miss I mean you can kind of tell why she's not very likable because she just has such as like a brash personality but it's also really refreshing for a final girl to be like Maxine, so um, yeah, the, the movie was absolutely batshit crazy. Um, I know a lot of people were not super high on the fact that it it did take like a little while to get into everything, but I think it was fine. I mean, they they set up all the elements really well, in my opinion. Uh, the atmosphere was great. You know, it, it was really just this lingering dread. Like even though it took a while for it to really get into everything. I think the tension and the anxiety that you felt while everything was being set up—at least for me—that's what me, it is. That's what it made is. it
1: wor- well worth it. It was the tension, yeah. and, and the tension with like a like you didn't expect the payoff to be so fucking crazy, like just naked old bitch. Ooh. Like come on, like that was fucking fire, man. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. That movie's so fucking good.
0: I, yeah, it really is, dude. I mean, I think this is going to be like a cult classic slasher of the the 2020s at least you for know? sure for and it sure. was just awesome that it, it was awesome that it was also essentially just a throwback to classic slashers and exploitation movies while kind of flipping a lot of those things on its head and and that's what we really need more of you know stuff like halloween ends was fine it was like a cap to the trilogy but you know if you really want to harken back to like the old days x i think d- does it really well i agree all right. Well, that was uh both of our number 7 movies. We always have one, I feel like that's in the same spot. I feel like we might have <laughs> I'm curious I feel to like we, we might have, have two. More. I feel like we might have two. All right, we'll see. Okay. All right, well how number... about a uh, number
1: 6 then? Okay, for number 6 and let me know if you have the same one. Number 6, I have Black Phone. Okay, it's not the same one. Okay. But but go on, go on. I felt Black Phone was very very simple and it was done well and like you know, people can say, like, oh, it's a very, like, you know, it's, it's, like, too simple, and then, like, I, the, dude, the fucking shit I heard, it's, like, from, like, the online groups is, like, oh, there's not enough backstory. First of all, everything in the backstory was insinuated. It was implicit based on, like, a sentence yeah. or two that was said or based on how the killer was acting with the mask and stuff like that, like... I mean, we can only infer that the killer's dad used to put him in that basement. Like, like I said, based upon everything he said and like, he's like, I used to hear the phone ringing when, you know, like, you know, there's, there's this little shit like you, we don't need, bro. Movies are so fucking stupid when they're like, oh, uh, this is going on right now. Also, let's cut the scene and do half an hour of backstory. That's fucking stupid. That's dumb as fuck.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, when it's like the classic setup of, uh like terrifying thing happens. Character takes 20 minutes to go out somewhere to some building, open up a book that just happens to be about the exact thing they need to fucking know of about course. researches it. I mean, even sinister had that to, to some respect. So, you know, but, but still it's, it's a common trope. And I feel like it takes away a lot because then you're just like having the character, go and do all this unnecessary bullshit instead of giving us like more scares or more lines of dialogue like in this movie where it's it's insinuated and not like shown directly to the audience. Exactly. I feel like I feel like movies are smarter when
1: they can insinuate things and everything's implicit. I feel like I feel like when you explain too much like the background, I feel like one you haven't written like the script good enough You know, if you can't have these implicit Mm -hmm. things, then you're just not good at like, you know, giving people like implicit hints as to like why the thing that is happening is happening. And two, I feel like the explicit like background, like background of the killer storytelling is also like kind of insulting because like I feel like you have to spoon feed us like, well, this is why he is why he is. And on top of it, like it's not even like. On one hand, it's insulting. On the other hand, it's because most like people are like, well, we didn't get enough background. Like is that that's what makes it scarier yeah. to you. The background. Really, dude. You know what's scary? You know what's not scary? If they're like some guys going around your city uh, kidnapping kids because he was molested as a kid or whatever. And now he's like picking up kids and molesting them. But instead and, and then murdering them. But if you just told me, yeah, there's a child killer on the loose, I would be more scared because like. Instead of you telling me his whole fucking life story, that's useless. That's like me explaining to you why I love the color blue and like my entire childhood history (laughs) because I tried a blue raspberry drink once and then I liked the drink. Therefore, I liked
0: blue. Like, that's so fucking (laughs) stupid. I know. I mean, it's really the audiences that are like kind of dumb, you know? And, And it's funny because when you really think about horror, what's the scariest element of horror the fear of the unknown exactly and i feel like some some people seem to forget that or they suddenly don't want that to be the case it's like like you like you said if you don't know something about something isn't that more terrifying and i guess that's why you know characters in movies even are written that way to like go and try to seek out more information because the more you know about it in general the, the more kind of logic you can pin to it, the more you can kind of theorize, like, okay, how do I stop it? And on top of it... So basically, the more you know, the less you And fear. on top
1: of it, you can humanize this negative entity, this antagonist of the exactly. film. Exactly. And humanizing an antagonist is, like, why? Like, people like that try to, like, human... Like, yeah. I mean, not a horror movie, but look at Dark Knight. Did they give you a background to the fucking Joker? Mm-hmm. No, they fucking didn't. It was all implicit mm-hmm. based on the stories he tells about his past and the similarities between the stories. He tells a different story each time. How does he know so much about explosives? He's probably ex-military. You know what I mean? You can make some inferences. Not Mm -hmm. everything's supposed to be like laid out in front of you. And I feel like i don't know i feel like tiktok is ruining people they can't they can't pay attention to like a movie that that has that's a slow burn because they're used to like 10 second videos where there's like an automatic payoff and then boom their their brain rewards them with dopamine like haha that's good so people don't want character development which let's be real the whole black Mm -hmm. phone movie was about character development look and and like all the implicit meanings like the psychic Nature of the kids, like like with their mom, it's insinuated that that was passed on. The, the the character development of Finn and Finn and his dad and his sister throughout the whole movie, and how like Finn went from being kind of like a pussy to like being a fucking hero at the end of it, you know what I mean? And then his dad like complete going from being like a piece of shit alcoholic to changing, and then his little sister like being a total fucking badass. Like there's there, there's multiple things to be taken from this movie. It's not just give us the background of the killer. The killer is not the important part of this movie. He's literally he's mm-hmm. this movie's about Finn. Let's be real. This whole movie is about Finn and his his family and the fact that Finn got out of the situation because he had the same gift as his mom, right? And his mom died and now they right. have the gift and their dad's like oh no they're gonna be like their mom there's there's a lot to unpack here even though not much was said you can unpack so much based on the little dialogue because you know why there's mystique the there we go the talking about it the mystique the mystery and that's what makes horror horror explaining everything and spoon feeding everything is is not what makes these movies good we don't like like I don't know like the orphan first kill movie like that did not need to be made especially all these years later I do, no. I do not want to know her background I don't give a fuck and nobody gives a fuck it's a cash grab and they make you think you want to know these people's backgrounds because you know why all these prequels are always cash grabs so now we got all these prequels so in your mind you're like well this movie needs a prequel this this character needs some explanation to their, to their background to why they are and you know why that's not because you want to see that You didn't forget that Mystique makes a horror movie, a horror movie. You were fed into the whole prequel thing by Hollywood because of the cash grabs. I think that's what it is. I think that's why people want all these prequels because they're so used to like a bunch of movies and their sequels being dumped out. And then when they run out of ideas, boom, prequel, we need to know more. We need to know more about X, Y, Z. And I think that's really what it is. It always comes down to the cash grab. Wherever we wonder, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Think of the money, and I think that's what it is. I'm I'm not sure. I don't read, but
0: I think that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, it, I think you're right on the money. <laughs> Funny enough, uh... yeah, but, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but there there are honestly very few exceptions to to the rule, and uh, maybe one of them, you know, will come up later in on this list. But but there are generally very few exceptions. We're actually having a prequel really does matter to the story and to the characters. And it's very often not in horror because like we've been talking about this entire time, you know, the the appeal is the mystique. It's the fear of the unknown. The more you know about these characters, you know, the more you know about their history, their backstory and everything, the less mysterious they are, the more you can sympathize with them. And I guess unless that's, specifically what you're trying to do it just doesn't work because it devalues the horror of I it. i agree you know i mean like star wars for example star wars can do it because darth vader is a multifaceted incredible character and he's still scary but you know there's more to that character but it's not a horror movie you know so so that's fine but rarely has there been a horror movie that has has done that. That has actually been interesting. It's also kind of why I'm I'm scared about this upcoming Crystal Lake TV show. Oh my god! Uh, I'm totally you know, against it. That, like exploring Jason and stuff. Yeah, I think it's gonna be good. I mean, it's from the the same guy who did Hannibal, so I have no I have no uh, issues with with him or anything. And I I'm, I believe it's gonna be like a well made show. But again, it's like. You're, you're trying to humanize Jason more. And I mean, his, his origin is, is sad. Don't get me wrong, but you know, but we, we know him it. as the masked killer. It's crazy. Cause we learned his yeah. origin
1: in the first movie because it started with his mother, like the whole franchise. They, they probably weren't even, I don't think they were meaning to go into like Jason being the killer and coming back. It was just a mom who lost her son who had just snapped, you know, and Friday the 13th was mm-hmm. capitalizing on the commercial success of halloween but they wanted to make it more like splattery and make it more 80s and capitalize on that and start a new trend and then sure as fuck we got final exam to (laughs) thank you friday the 13th
0: yeah i know but but you know even then even though his his death and everything is sad he still comes back with a vengeance and becomes like this evil entity and i think that is enough And if there's more to his origin that we discover, you know, I think it may kind of, like I said, devalue him and his his status as this iconic, you know, evil killer. But but that's a whole other story. But but I think you're completely right. I think this one's also another cash grab. I mean, we've
1: been waiting for years for new Jason material. I mean, they stopped making the game because of the lawsuit. Mm -hmm. And now with the commercial success of, like, Halloween and Scream, now, you know, Jason's going to make a comeback, obviously. So I think... Honestly, yeah. it's, it's just a cash grab because I don't know about the rights, but I've heard like they don't own the, like, the rights to Jason himself. Not yet. They own the Friday the 13th well, rights is I, what I heard.
0: It's it's tricky because, you know, Victor Miller has the rights to that original Jason character from the first film. But I guess it's, it's something like theoretically they can use whatever they want as long as both parties agree to it. And I think both parties are involved in this new TV show. But I think just to satiate Victor Miller, they're going like back, back, back to when Jason was a kid, since that's primarily what he holds the rights to. But anyway, it, that's a whole other thing. Maybe we can do another episode on that. But um, just to cap off on the Black Phone, I, I mean, I I completely understand why it's it's you know on your list. I think it was a great film. Uh, very eerie. Uh, lots of complexity to it especially within like the character work and uh i know you haven't quite mentioned it yet and i know that you know um, the grabber is not like really the central focus but ethan hawk's performance oh my is God. absolutely one of the Amazing. best parts of ethan this movie, hawk so is is we just have to call that ethan
1: out. hawk is definitely a scream king let's he is he's oh, great yeah. ethan hawk and now like man they got to get his daughter involved in more shit i'll tell you what keep that shit in the family <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i know that they, they really do so i'm looking forward to some more stuff with her i and i think there may be another black phone movie i guess we'll see what happens but that that's for the future anyway my number six just so we don't get too off track my number six uh i really i don't know if it's on your list i feel like it might be we'll see unless you forgot about it i don't know um but i i almost really kind of want to put it even further because this is probably the movie th- this year that came out that I had the most fun with. So you may have an idea. I don't know, but my number six movie is Deadstream. Oh, uh, that did not make it to my top yeah. ten. I originally okay. I was thinking about it,
1: but I like Dashcam more. I I understand why you put it on there. That's fair because like I I did enjoy the campiness. I couldn't like same thing as Dashcam though. I could not stand the 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 main character yeah and i was like rooting for his like demise but also like i felt like it was a nice little uh modern
0: day homage to the evil dead franchise yeah i mean you know i'm an evil dead stan so that did play a part in it but i don't know man Uh, for me it was just highly enjoyable you know uh, there wasn't really like a minute in this movie that i wasn't just kind of like beaming um, when it, while I was watching it, you know, just because it was just a lot of fun. I mean, the concept is simple, but still pretty fresh within the horror genre. And uh, it, it is a found footage, but I think it even takes it a step further with the whole live streaming aspect, yeah. which hasn't actually been done all that much. You know, it, a lot of it has just been like the standard type of found footage after the fact. This is more like this is happening right now, feeding out... To people, I guess that movie, um, The Cleansing Hour kind of did it, but it still had a lot of elements of like conventional cinema to it a- apart from the live streaming stuff. But this movie was just fully enclosed in this live streaming bubble, which was super cool, but it had that fan interactivity as well. Um, but I just really, I just really dug it like the atmosphere was actually pretty creepy. I know it was mainly a comedy, but there were there were elements to this where i was genuinely like you know pretty unnerved pretty you know it was pretty tense um the makeup and everything was cool i mean i thought the little monsters were cool and uh i, I know a lot of people did not like the main character i thought he was a a, a fuck as well i'll be honest yeah. but i thought he was honestly like hilarious and um maybe unlike dashcam. i don't know because i haven't seen it yet but there were there were parts later on in the movie with like the main character of deadstream where you kind of you know were we're starting to like him like a little bit because he didn't really know what he was getting into and all he wanted to do was just get out of this shitty situation, you know, even though he's like a cringe like fuckboy YouTuber oh, for or sure. whatever. You know, like did he really deserve to have all this stuff? You you kind of are asking yourself those questions as the movie goes on. And uh I don't know. So I I dug it. I just thought it was a lot of fun. I love that it was just one location, one night, um, and there was just a lot of like we love those isolated movie stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, we really do. And I think this movie did it really well. Um, plus it you know employed some like kind of new techniques, new concepts, which is always great for horror. I think you know the success of this one might um influence some other like you know live streaming type horror movies. I don't know if they're gonna be as good, but we'll see.
1: There's there's a good one from 2020 starring joe keery steve from stranger things it's called spree
0: oh yeah okay i actually missed that one i missed it but um i've been hearing about it i i I watched it for the first time like two days ago and i really
1: enjoyed it it's it's really depressing i'll give you that like you feel sorry for him like even Uh when he's like being evil
0: but but yeah because he's like a killer right yeah he doesn't start off that way though oh okay yeah, I guess this one's a little bit different because, you know, it's like more like you're s I mean, he's a shitty guy, kind of. He's kind of like a annoying asshole, but the main character of Deadstream is not really like evil at heart or anything.
1: No, he's just he's just immature and stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, um I I just really enjoyed that one. So that was my number six. Now we're getting into the top five. So Um, guys, I think, you know, we've been going for a little bit before we dive into our top five, we're going to take a very short break just to let you guys, uh, you know, go, uh, go get a glass of water or, or go to the bathroom or whatever. So, um, we'll be right back in just a moment with more of episode 103 of Grave Discussions. Stay tuned. welcome back gravers to grave discussions episode 103 2022 a fantastic year for fear so we went over our uh numbers 10 through 6 horror films of 2022 now we just have our top five so i mean this is these are the real deal of 2022 for this year for us so let's just jump right into it. Number five, Sam, what is your number five pick? All right. Are you ready for it? Yep.
1: Oh, <laughs> <Remember that shit? laughs> yeah, I remember. I, I had a feeling. So number five for me is Incantation. Nice. And I felt like that movie truly g- gave me the fucking willies. It gave me the mm-hmm. heebie-jeebies. I, like, I don't know. It was just like a really paranoid feeling throughout the whole movie. And I don't know, man. Something about little kids and demons like just doesn't fucking sit right with me. Yeah. And as far as far as like American horror movies, I feel like if this was an American horror movie, it the creep factor would not have been as bad. But like there's something different about Asian horror. I feel like the cerebral feeling and like the I'm being watched feeling and the whole like this shit is for real feeling is is like much more amplified in asian horror Mm -hmm. because i don't know i feel like the i i just feel like they do it better than us man if i'm just gonna be real with you yeah I i agree especially with the creepy fucking kids of like horror like asian horror like knocks that shit out of the park i just don't know man just the chanting every fucking 20 minutes when there was like a little interlude the fucking like the whole and if i mean dude from the beginning i felt hopeless I felt yeah. hopeless for the mom because I had a feeling like this whole fucking movie was just gonna go off the rails, and it was gonna be, as we call it here at Grave Discussions, one of those no hope movies.
0: Yep. Yeah, dude. I I don't know. I what I really liked about Incantation, and um, I, I'll I'll give a spoiler alert. It did not make my top ten, but it was close. And I think I don't know. I, I can't really explain it. I really liked it. I think the only reason it may not have done it is just because I felt like maybe sometimes the structure, the pacing wasn't my favorite, and I, I wasn't. Agree on that. I wasn't super into the the narrative, but um, I, I thought this was definitely one of the scariest and or creepiest movies of the year by far. And I was gonna say, I think what what Asian horror does really well is that they've mastered like uh, scaring you and and putting stuff in into the darkness into those like outlying elements right where 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 things they put things where they shouldn't be they're like the masters of doing that right making you look over here or look over there and then suddenly boom there's like a hand or a ghost or a face over in this corner or something's jumping out at you when you least expect it and it's and it doesn't piss you off because you know it's not like a jump scare yeah. per se, right? I mean, I guess in this movie, maybe there were like one or two, I guess that you could call like a jump scare, but they're just done so well because they know how to play with like the light and the darkness and the shadows um, and the colors and everything just so well and everything is just so bleak. Um, and I, I think that's that's what it does in general as like a regional horror uh, thing, better than, than like American horror. But- um, And I- I also feel like the fact that like
1: the the antagonist was an entity that we had no idea about. With and like with mm-hmm. like American horror movies, it's always like a demon named like Astaroth or Asmodeus yeah. or Valak. <laughs> but now it was like what, was it Mother Buddha or whatever? Yeah. Like we had we had no idea if it was a malevolent entity. I mean we. Mm-hmm. And then like every time they're like, anytime you feel in danger, like just say this chant, and it's like the chant just makes it fucking worse. You know what I mean? So exactly. like you just kind of get like sucked deeper and deeper into it and like Mm -hmm. i i I just knew it i knew it as soon as i saw that creepy ass cult when they when Mm -hmm. they were showing like flashbacks and they're like don't go in the tunnel or whatever the fuck and like i don't know man it's just the creep i I, i'll be honest i did not like the pacing of this one either but it was definitely see the other movies i put on here because like these are the movies i liked not that i found scary yeah this one i threw it at number five because it scared me like and it's been a while since that's fair a movie made my heart race and made me feel very
0: uneasy. Yeah. The last thing that really did it to my, my pick like that was probably last year when I, when I threw caveat in it, like number three or something. Incantation is probably comparable to that one for this year, as far as like how much it unnerved and like scared me. But, uh, I don't know. I think, I think I just preferred all these other movies more, but I, I was going to say what I really, really loved about incantation. Um, that I think was probably like the most effective element in generating that creep factor for me was how it involved the viewer, how it involved you yes. right, right from the get go. You know, you got this character telling you the viewer, like do this because it's going to get you through the movie. It's going to make you feel safe. This is a good thing. And then it, it repeats that throughout the movie, you know, so it builds on that thing. It doesn't just leave it hanging. It, it builds on it. It really makes you feel because like through that repetition, it's like, okay, like this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Um, and again, it's it's involving you, the audience. So already you're more invested than if it was just like an objective film. You're just an outside observer, like, you know, 99% of movies. And so in that respect, it's almost like a video game, right? Like people are are usually like, Oh, you know, games scare me more. And that's because like you're an active participant in the exactly. video game. You're you're the one in control. You're doing this. And you're not really in control in Incantation, but you're more of an active participant in this movie than in like most other horror movies. And that's what I think it does really well. All the way up until the end where you feel betrayed by the movie, and that's what makes it even scarier. Exactly, and I feel like, you know, a
1: lot of people who watch horror movies, we have this, like, sort of, at least, like, we want to believe in some sort of, like, some ghosts and, like, some afterlife Mm -hmm. and stuff. And 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 the the director of this movie knows that. Director of this movie knows if you're watching a horror movie, you at least, like, want to believe in, like, ghosts and spirits and curses and all that stuff. So he, like, it's like, well, now you're cursed. And it's like you now all of a sudden this movie involves you and it wasn't even like an active movie like an interactive movie like black mirror bandersnatch like netflix has it was just you're watching it unfold and they know you're watching it unfold and they already have like a idea of what type of people are watching this movie so and i think it did good in freaking people out like being like now the curse is Mm -hmm. yours you know what i mean
0: exactly yeah. I mean, there were, I saw a bunch of posts on like social media that were people saying, like, you know, I really feel cursed. <laughs> so, I mean, it worked, it did its job. Um, so, that's a super solid inclusion. My number five, um, like I said in our break, I, I don't think you're going to expect it. And I think it's because, um, you know, this movie, I, I think it's going to be arguable whether a significant portion of, you know, audiences will say that it's like horror but it's not just horror but i think there are some great horror elements in it and it is uh bones and all i don't think i've heard of this one Mm -hmm. have i yeah probably it uh it came out like fairly recently it's uh actually by the same director who did the suspiria remake and uh who also did call me by your name um luca guadagnino i think is his name but it's got timothy chalamet in it oh the cannibals the Cannibal Lovers, yeah. So it's yeah. Kinda like I saw a,
1: I saw a preview for that.
0: Yeah, it, it's like a horror rom com road movie, um, which is a really interesting mixture. But it really does it, I think, uh, actually very well. This is not like a movie that I think your standard like conventional horror uh, fan is is maybe gonna appreciate, but maybe they will. I don't know. Yeah, for um, sure. Like judging at least by the trailer, it's not a movie for purists. No, 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 because. It uh, it very much calls back to like like I said road movies, so more kind of art house like Criterion Channel type stuff like Paris Texas for example. Um, it it involves this girl who is a cannibal, um, but it really kind of it it does something kind of unique. I don't want to spoil it too much, but I don't know if it's that much of a spoiler. But it introduces this kind of unique mythology to cannibals in this movie it's almost more like they're adjacent to human beings like they're born with this insatiable appetite kind of thing
1: i I, kind of gathered that from the trailer when like Mm -hmm. they said cannibals can like smell other cannibals or like spot them or
0: whatever yeah so it's almost like they're like creatures or something but not really like they're still pretty much human they're just like a little different um but it it it's still thematically goes into like um you know just like the the nature of cannibalism the the very negative nature of of cannibalism um and so this girl like understands that about herself but she doesn't like it about herself she feels very isolated and so she she leaves to go find her her mother who abandoned them like a really long time ago And then on the way, she meets someone else like her who's played by Timothy Chalamet, and they develop a bond and everything as they like hit the road and go through, like, uh, they go on this like cross country journey to get her to her mother, basically. Um, And that's all I'll say about the plot. But so, so there are elements of like romance with like their relationship, but there's also this really interesting and disturbing horror aspect because i mean these are literally cannibals they're eating people and um there's some really unnerving stuff in the movie as far as like their interactions with their victims and everything and like their hunger and stuff like that so um there's some beautiful cinematography there's an incredible score the acting is great Um, from a technical aspect this is probably like one of the best made horror movies of the year um, and like I said, what horror elements there are are pretty, are pretty tense and pretty disturbing. Um, and I, I think it just mixes all these little genres together um, very well in like a cohesive package, and it just comes out to be um, just just a a good movie, you know. So yeah, like I said, the the horror purists aren't really gonna be super into it. I think because there's a lot of you know character development. There's a lot of like introspection and it's very heavy on like themes and writing but i thought it was a i thought it was a good movie and so it's uh at my number five
1: i'm not surprised just judging from the trailer i expected it to be a actual like cinematic experience and not just like your cookie cutter horror movie with like Mm -hmm. cannibal tribes and stuff like that i expected it to have like some sort of substance and like have a narrative to it and stuff like that but also like be good like yeah. you know what i mean like it's 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 rare that we see like these kind of like these like um i don't want to say quasi horror movies you know yeah. but like these movies that
0: kind of like border two different genres right it's like it's like highbrow faux horror kind of i mean it is yeah. horror but it's also a bunch of other stuff too um but yeah it's it's i thought it was, it was really good I mean the most interesting aspect for me is like we follow you know this this cannibal like I said who realizes that what she's doing is like not natural that it's not probably a good thing but it's also innate to her right like if she doesn't right. if she doesn't do this like she's basically going to like cease to exist or whatever and so it's this really like interesting dynamic because like you don't want to like what she's doing but you also grow to kind of like her and, and appreciate her but the whole time you're kind of like also there's this like feeling in in the pit of your stomach like oh i know what she's doing is just like terrible but so it, so it's it's really fascinating but uh yeah that's by that's my number five so number four well my number four is going to be a very
1: popular very cookie-cutter, if you want to call it horror movie. Okay. But I felt like the fact that it was like other horror movies and followed a certain formula, and people were saying, like, oh, it was kind of ass, it was kind of ass, I still feel like it did it well. And that movie is Smile. Okay. Nice. In, ter- in terms of enjoyability, in terms of rewatchability, in terms of, like, I don't know, creep factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, The jump scares were super subtle, and I fucking leaped when, like when her sister ran up to her car and knocked on the window and then oh, yeah. like she turned into like this creature with a crazy twisted fucking neck. Yeah. And I just wish I,
0: that part wasn't in the trailer. I just wish it wasn't in the trailer.
1: Yeah, I do too. I feel like a lot of it got spoiled, but honestly that movie was so fucking good, but it was like a very stereotypical early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Like there's an entity after me movie much like, I don't know. It reminded me of it follows yep. a lot and like, I don't know it kind of had I don't know it had that drag me to hell feeling to it too if you know what I mean the whole after mm-hmm. like the three days and then you're doomed and then we knew she was doomed because like yeah out of like out of all these other people that have like died from this entity like what made us think that she was gonna survive it you know what I mean mm-hmm. it, it was just like add another. it was just these kind of movies like with drag me to hell and it follows and I'll call these uh, add another one to the list movies. They're just here to show you another victim of this yeah. unstoppable entity, but probably one of like the more interesting stories or just one of the stories that, you know, that they wanted to show us. Cause I'm sure they could have like showed us that last guy who got locked up and who beat it, but mm-hmm. they don't want to show us like how he beat it because they want to introduce us to this entity first as a very powerful, like unbeatable entity. And of course they're going to tell us like, at some point like yeah it can be beat but you have to do this 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 and then suffer the consequences but that's better than being dead so either way if you beat it or you don't there's like really no happy ending to it
0: yeah i i see what you mean i'll I'll say this much i i think i think i, I kind of see where you're getting at with the enjoyability i did enjoy i did enjoy what it was doing and i'll say i think that part of that is is that it, it's kind of comfortable, you know, because it, it does exactly have that. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, That's it's exactly familiar, it you know. It was
1: just like a Hollywood box office horror movie. Yeah. But that, that doesn't mean it was bad. No. I just it, felt like it very cookie cutter. But this is like one of the only like cookie cutter movies that I'm like, wow, that was good.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think I was a little harsher on it. And, and here's what I'll say. I, I think, you know. Because I don't think it was all just expectations because you know I try not to include any expectations when I when I do watch something, but I'll say I think what it did well, it did really well in in, in uh creating this atmosphere of just developing this tension and everything. I thought I thought did it did really a fantastic well, yeah. job at that. Um but you know, I think I was really let down by the fact that there really wasn't anything new or unique and and like you already alluded to, you know, it was very cookie cutter. It was really redundant kind of um derivative of many many movies before it, you know, in this whole like kind of I guess if you want to call it a curse subgenre of like supernatural horror. And um you know, I was I was waiting for something kind of like little bit more interesting to happen like something different different than
1: what we're opposed to seeing stereotypically when it comes to these type of movies right but i felt like this movie played it very safe and that's not bad or anything it was just very much like these other movies like you said it's very derivative but also like i felt like i liked it because it was safe And it was Hollywood. I feel like safe Hollywood horror should be like Smile. But also like a thing in these movies is when shit finally does go, like not finally, but when shit hits the fans sometimes, like when there's these like moments, Mm -hmm. there doesn't seem to be any triggering things. Because like, think about it, this whole movie is about Mm -hmm. trauma and all this stuff, right? It's about PTSD and trauma. But then when we Mm -hmm. finally do see the entity and it's like coming about randomly scaring her it is random but this entity is supposed to abide by this trauma like rule you know like if you see it you're traumatized Mm -hmm. so you would think that when it's 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 ability to like just show up in like the world and trick you and attack you you would have been at least triggered by something but it seemed throughout the movie that when when it finally would like show itself to her and like scare her like you know just jump out at her it was more random than anything. And that was kind of my gripe because it's, it's supposed to follow like a certain, like I want to say routine, right? Kill -hmm. kill this person in front of someone. And then that, and then boom, they have PTSD. Like this whole movie is about PTSD. Let's be real. Like that's all it's about PTSD and its effect on others and its effect on you. And then, you know, obviously suicide, but it just felt like the moments where this entity would like give you glimpses of what's in store for you that there was really no triggering event you know what i mean that's what kind Mm -hmm. of bothered me that i noticed that it just kind of happened yeah when when this entity is so meticulous that it purposely kills people to create trauma and then starts this whole cycle but during the cycle it like randomly attacks you that's what didn't sit right with me i felt like they could have chose the opera like it, it could have chose more opportune moments in the character's life based on like what she was doing and like you know what I mean like it just mm-hmm. felt like th- these the things that would happen to her like these scares like like her sister twisting her neck in her car or like her going to the the hospital and having the vision of stabbing that patient to death you know like why did mm-hmm. it happen like and I know whatever mystique but yeah. for for an entity that follows a pattern it sure as hell did not follow patterns then that was my issue
0: yeah it felt like um it was, felt like it was inconvenient for scares to happen at certain times because they knew they had to like push the story along so then when they so when it felt like there was kind of a break that's when they threw like a scare in because you know it was like okay it's been a while since there was a scare and and now we're done advancing the plot so let's throw it in kind of thing but but i also do understand why people enjoyed it and I, i understand why it's you know high on your list as well it was just a little lower on mine because like I said, I couldn't really get past the the derivative nature of it. And then, like I said, I was just kind of expecting more from it, but I, I think like I, like I said, what it did do well, I think it did great. Um, and that's actually, you know, creating this like horrific atmosphere and, and leaving you anxious and paranoid and everything. So um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a solid choice. My number four is—I don't know—it's—it's it's a standout movie from this year for sure. It—it it is a prequel, but I think it's one of the the better horror prequels that we've had, and uh, it's kind of a necessary one. It is Pearl. See, I have not seen it. I have oh, to see it. Okay. Well, I'm not going to go into it like too much, just to avoid spoiling it. But you know, you've seen X, obviously. We talked about X. And uh, one of the the big things kind of in, in X that was left out was why Pearl was kind of behaving the way she was and, um, you know, what kind of caused her to to, to be this way. And, and I was thinking it. I mean, you know, she was definitely weird as hell. And i um, sure we probably could have gone without having a Pearl prequel. But, you know, Ty West did it at the same time he was filming X. So it's like, why not? It's acceptable, you know? It's not just like a cash grab. I mean, if you're literally filming two movies at the same time, I mean, hey, go off, you know, release yeah. them, you know, whatever. Um, and he clearly wanted to do that for a very particular reason, which is because we don't get much of Pearl other than her crazy, naked, lustful self in X, you know, killing these teenagers and shit. So I I think there's some merit to being curious about her backstory and stuff like that. So that's what we get in Pearl. Uh, It follows her as like a young girl following a very similar path of Maxine, which I guess it makes sense why, you know, the two characters are played by the same actress. But, um, you know, she wants to be a, a star, an actor as well. And so she follows a very similar path. She doesn't get into porn but she wants to be like a starlet in movies and everything you know like a like a dancer and stuff like that and uh she gets taken advantage of by people but this movie is is a little bit different than x because it's it's a much different visual experience you know this movie i think is set in like now i forget unfortunately but i i believe it's set in like the uh, 30s 40s 50s somewhere around there so um visually it looks a lot different to kind of reflect that period um the score also reflects that period it's it's not like that sleazy um like rock or anything like that you know um it's it's much more like contemporary with with the times yeah even like the costume and everything costume and wardrobe is like that but um, I I kind of preferred it to X because this one, it is a slasher and, you know, it has Pearl as like the main character and she's like the slasher because, you know, you can tell like she's fucking crazy. But um, I think this one is a little bit more engaging because you're sticking with this one character and following her journey as she like breaks down throughout the whole movie. And just from like a visual and auditory perspective it's like it's way more stimulating than x so it's just a much more like visually and like a visual and auditory experience that in my opinion is just a bit superior to x just because it's it's just more stimulating it's more engaging um it's it's different you know we don't usually see throwbacks to like that era of america so i just um I don't know. I I preferred it. And I think a lot of people probably feel the same way. It's a bit more of like the artsy kind of slasher movie opposed to X, which is like a throwback to the exploitation films and everything. But um, I think it was really well done. And Mia Goth in this movie is like infinitely better than in X where, you know, like she was still great because she played two characters. You know, she had to play like the older woman and everything, but she really is allowed to go like all out in uh in pearl and you'll see what i mean when you watch it but yeah i gotta watch it soon but yeah that's my uh number four so now we're in the top three go ahead so mine is this next one is also you
1: mentioned it earlier i don't know if we were recording or not and you know i love me fun movies and you know i'm a fanboy so and i really did enjoy it honestly and it has to be Five cream, aka scream five or scream, whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah, all right, I feel like
1: five, cr- five cream would have been lit.
0: Yeah, well, now it's well, it's just scream six, but yeah, five cream. Uh, uh <laughs> god, that would be like a marketing disaster, though, or maybe yeah. I don't know, maybe a success. I think that's why they didn't do it because like five cream, come <laughs> yeah, on, yeah, All right, well, uh, why is it your number three?
1: I don't know, man. I just felt like I took like a time machine back in the day, it. it like, it felt it felt throwbacky, but at the same time, it felt super modern, because I felt like the stakes were raised, um, especially with, spoiler alert, Dewey dying, which, like, a lot of people didn't like the movie just slowly because of that reason, like, fuck that movie, Dewey died, or whatever, but I felt like it was necessary to, like, let people know, like, hey, the stakes are raised, you know, like, the original mm-hmm. characters aren't, like, untouchable anymore, like, anybody can go at any time. And like honestly, I had no idea who fucking Ghostface was. The fact that it was Richie shook me to my fucking core, because he just came out of nowhere and was like, mm-hmm. and just stabbed Sam. Um, I felt like people are always like talking about Sam, and they're like, "Oh, she's horrible." I hated her as I hated the act- actress yeah, who played she's Sam not because so bad. You know what it was? She's like that. She was very monotone and stuff because she's literally on on like bipolar and schizo meds. So like that's what they do to you. They make you very like half your personality basically. Mm -hmm. And that's what like people don't understand is like, I work with people with disabilities when they take their meds for their, like for either bipolar or like, you know, if they take their like, you know, Abilify for their schizophrenia, like that's what they're like. They're very just like, like, just like, they're just baseline. They're just like not really there because Mm -hmm. like, because like of the psychotropic, you know, effects of the medicine Like, and that's what people don't understand. Like, she wasn't being a bad actress. She was acting as if she was on meds, and, like, she totally did a good job. And, like, I don't know. I felt like it was super funny, too. The thing that hurt my feelings is I really liked Richie, and, like, he constantly made me laugh. Yeah. And and him ending up
0: being, ended up being one of the killers, like, really hurt my feelings low-key. I mean, that's probably how, you know, everybody felt with Skeet Ulrich, like, in in the first Scream, too. You know, like, he was charismatic. He's, like, the good-looking guy. Not so, like... Funny per se, but it's probably very similar. But Jack Quaid is is an awesome actor, so I I understand. I mean, I guess when you kind of like look back, is at that Dennis? Movies, is that Dennis Quaid's son? I think so. Don't quote me, but I think so. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, I was uh, richie I could understand more so because it's like a legacy sequel, or it's you know playing off the whole legacy sequel thing because it's Scream and uh if it's gonna do that you might as well have it be the boyfriend you know throwback to scream one but i just didn't think they would do it so immediately i thought he's the boyfriend yeah Yeah. he's off limits like i thought the i that's the thing
1: with these movies like as soon as it's like one type of character like you stop suspecting that character
0: even in the sequels like at least that character like what he's supposed to be like the boyfriend yeah because you have to imagine it's gonna be like something kind of different but i wasn't expecting actually what's her name amber yeah to be the other killer but i guess i don't know maybe i should have because she was barely in the movie but (laughs) at the same time i also thought that maybe that's why she wasn't the killer because she was barely in the movie but you know it's it's fine the motivations were less uh, in in my opinion um believable i guess the toxic fandom yeah then but but i understand it we already talked about it yeah
1: it's just important to like modern day and how it is that's why they did it i feel like if this the same movie was filmed ten
0: years ago. Yeah, it wouldn't make it sense. Would, no, it totally wouldn't yeah. because people weren't as toxic as they are now. Yeah, but but you know, I I understand. I mean, I think Scream Five was was great. I appreciated that they took risks and like killing off you know mainstay characters and also introducing new characters. I know a lot of fans are very attached to like the original cast, but you know you got to move on. You can't just keep having like Sydney and Dewey and Gale in this franchise until they're fucking gray and you know just drop dead on set or whatever like it's that's not the way it works you know every franchise has to have a reset at some point but this movie i think passed the torch on quite well it was also very gory um intense and i thought the overall plot was was still good um but i think the next movie is going to be the real test of like how well this one truly passed the torch and leads scream into the future because you know, next the next one is really like they're in a new location. They're out of Woodsboro. It's primarily following this new cast. I mean, Kirby's coming back, but she's still kind of like new, I would say, but it's primarily following this like new group of characters. So if that movie does well, I think that, you know, scream will be in good hands. But um, I think that will be the true test of of whether or not like Scream Five was was a successful kind of like experiment. I feel like
1: they're kind of damned if they do and damned if they don't in certain aspects. Like if they kill Kirby, they'll be like, well, what was the point of bringing her back for one yeah. movie? Or if they make her the killer, like, what was the point of that? because She was just like mm-hmm. another horror movie nerd, like like Randy, who ended up being the killer this time, though. Yeah. But then again, like they like should they kill De- gail or should they not? Because let's say they kill Gale then it's just like you guys are trying to do what you did in the last movie but no one really cares cuz Sydney's not there and Gale's like the only legacy character but then again if they don't kill Gale it's like well then where are the stakes like i feel like mm-hmm. it's it's a really really like yeah fucked
0: up position that they're in mm-hmm. yeah i agree i mean we'll see what happens um i'm excited for it but scream 5 was was solid um and i understand why it's number 3 on your list My number three is also a slasher, but um, and and it's a sequel, but it's not Scream 5, obviously. I already talked about it, but my number three horror film of 2022 is none other than Terrifier 2. Oh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, I 100% understand. Yeah. Terrifier 2, I think knocked it out of the park um, for, for many, many reasons. I mean, the the gore the the special effects just the overall depravity of it and everything like went up a thousand percent over like terrifier one yeah one other than the upside down scene yeah with the that was the only thing but but this movie had something like comparable in the bedroom scene which i mean i don't know for me that that was was even that for me that was even like more fucked up than the than the upside down scene just because it lasted so long yeah and like just additional shit like he kept doing more to her and everything like i was just like dude it's never gonna fucking end yeah and dude when he yeah. when he kicked open the door and ran in with the bleach and the salt i started I laughing know. so fucking hard dude that was that was insane so that that whole scene was fucked man that was crazy the, the arm break though oh yeah yeah it, it was all just hard it was hard to watch you know Just like that scene in Terrifier One, but like I said, this one just lasted for such a long time. So it was it was insane. But but that was like but that was effectively a lot of the movie. Like, you know, not as extreme as that particular scene, but the whole movie of like Terrifier 2 had just crazy shit going on constantly. But the difference is that this one actually had more of like a like a typical story to it even though there were a lot of elements that, you know, they're going to expand on in Terrifier 3, obviously, but... Um, I felt like this one's story was more, like...
1: I don't want to say, like... I, I felt like it was more... Uh, I don't know if cosmic is the right word. It just felt yeah. much bigger. It felt bigger. Right. Like, I it felt like there was more going on than just a slasher, like with the whole angel thing and mm-hmm. with the... With the sword and everything, I felt like... I have a theory. Okay. Here's my theory. That little girl, the reason why Art sees her, is that used to be Art's daughter. Okay. So, and I feel like the main character, what was her name? Sienna. Sienna. I feel like her dad, during one of his schizo episodes, because like, you know, he thought like... And he he could see the future, right? He saw that like the clown was evil, that Art the Clown Mm -hmm. was evil. So... And this is probably one of those self-fulfilling prophecies, right? So, Art the Clown wasn't going to be evil, but because Sienna's dad had a vision of him being evil, he went to the circus, he burned it down, and he killed Art's daughter. That Mm. led Art Mm. to fucking snap, go fucking crazy, and then turn into like a sociopathic murdering clown because his Mm. daughter had been killed. So, the reason Sienna's dad saw that in the future Art the Clown was this evil clown... Was because he went and murdered Art the Clown's daughter and half the circus because he saw the vision that Art the Clown was an evil clown. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's like a, like I said, it's just like impossible to avoid because Mm -hmm. that's just how, how like the, the timeline is set up. Like, it's just like, he sees Art as evil so he goes and kills Art, but little does he know Art's not evil yet. And Art becomes evil because he killed Art's daughter due to the mm. vision that he saw about Art being evil. I feel like it's that deep.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty interesting theory. Other people have theorized that Art is the dad, but or they would have s- something like him, that. Though. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking, but I don't know. It's, it's, har- it's hard to say, but this movie definitely throws like a lot of ideas out there for you to theorize about, um, which I appreciate, even though like it's kind of strange and vague, but but I, I like that it set up these elements up. I like that it had some semblance of a story and like character development and everything. Um and you know, like I said, it really raised everything by like a thousand percent. Um Sienna, I think, is an amazing final girl, probably one of the best final girls in a horror movie it's been a in, while. In recent memory. It's, it's yeah. been a while since what's the last good final girl we had i mean maybe uh what's her name what was her name from your next oh yeah yeah what was her name erin or something like that she was was good but or the other girl from like literally the final girls yeah yeah she was solid too um there there haven't been that many like memorable like iconic ones you know no sienna definitely
1: like She's she's up there mm-hmm. now in my book. She's a gangster.
0: Yeah. I mean, she was badass. You know, she took the fight to art. She had the awesome, like, Valkyrie outfit and everything. So there were just a lot of, I think, elements to that character that made her stand out and uh, and become very cool. So um, I, I just love Terrifier too, man. It was a lot of fun. It was very entertaining. I also really just dig the fact that, you know, Damian Leone, like, did not have this incredible budget, but he managed to promote the hell out of this movie, make it so fucking crazy and depraved that, you know, it, it has to have everybody talking because of how like extreme and unfiltered and and wild it is. And, uh, you know, he really popped off with it. Like this movie made quite a bit of money against its very like humble, meager budget. It went to a bunch of theaters around the country when it really had no right to do that because it's like a small, weird, extreme indie horror movie. Um, and and it, it just became really successful. And, you know, I feel like that's the craziest
1: thing that happened in 2022. Yeah. Terrifier 2 being on like the, the, like,
0: whatever it was on Conan or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, because, you know, I mean, these kind of movies, it, it's got more polish to it than like your standard, like, Tubi release. But, oh, 1 million person. but 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 still it kind of also belongs in that realm because it's very niche like i said it's very extreme horror so it's not for like a large portion of the movie going audience but it, what it does do is it appeals to like a very specific hardcore horror movie audience enough so that it has a lot of people talking and it gets out there, and that's like word of mouth marketing, you know. It's been a while that's, since that's, like a movie that, did that. I mean, that's what happened with Halloween,
1: yeah, exactly. My, micro budget, I think Halloween had a bigger budget than this, and that was in 1978. I think Halloween had like a three or four hundred twenty thousand dollar budget, mm-hmm. and most of that was to pay Donald Pleasance fifty grand, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And I mean, there wasn't really anybody like Donald Pleasance in Terrifier, too, so it was no. just it was very. It was very grassroots, um, but it became, like, really, really popular, and it's got a lot of people talking. Even if you hate the movie, like, you probably know about Terrifier 2, and that's the important thing. I feel like David Howard Thornton as Art the
1: Clown is a fucking icon now. Oh, yeah. Like, let's be real. Like, Art oh, yeah. the Clown is... He's, he's definitely going to be a staple now. Like, when they were... Like, now when you, like, buy those cookie-cutter movie posters from, like, mm-hmm. Spencer's or, like, on Amazon... You're gonna,
0: they're gonna add Art the Clown to those posters, like in about like t- five to ten years. Oh yeah, I'm telling 100%. you, hundred percent. I mean, even like recently, we got a bunch of like horror movie stickers, Um yep. and it was like a big pack. And I can't tell you how many like Terrifier and like Art the Clown stickers there are in that. So he's already like edging his way in there, you know, and well deserved. I feel yeah. like
1: David Howard Thornton's representation of Art the Clown, like Mike Janelli, the first Art the Clown in All Hallows Eve, he was great and all, but. I feel like this is one of the rare like movies where like the OG slasher is not like the best version of it. Mm -hmm. I feel like David Hart Thornton brings something different to art and yeah, he's, he's fantastic and he's a great dude. He always replies on social media. He'll always talk to you and he'll always acknowledge you. I mean, I message him frequently and he's never ignored me. So
0: shout out David Howard Thornton. That is rare. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So uh, that's our number three picks, guys. We've only got two more movies left. We'll try and be uh, sort of brief here. Um, But go ahead, Sam. What's your number two horror movie?
1: My number two, and I'm not sure if this one made it to your top two, but for me, I enjoyed it. Number two for me is Barbarian. Actually, it's the same uh, pick for me i knew it i fucking (laughs) knew it i knew i wonder i wonder if we're
0: gonna have the same number one now but yeah let's let's go at it let's talk about barbarian i felt like the fact why it worked so well at the beginning is
1: you didn't know what the Mm -hmm. fuck to expect most of us were told to walk into this movie blind like you told me like you're like just just go into it don't don't look it don't look up anything and boy howdy we got a good like incest monster creature (laughs) feature and
0: i you know me dude dude tell me tell me you didn't get unnameable vibes like Uh, initially. yeah Yeah, i did i mean the you know here's here's the thing right like the the monster or whatever isn't the most unique monster in the world but even in like smile we got like a similar type of being or whatever but i still think in barbarian it was it was highly effective just because of like the context of, of what was going on and like how the creature behaved and everything. I thought it was like way more effective for me. I, and I feel like the movie is smart
1: without being up its yeah. own ass and artsy fartsy. Like the, just the title Barbarian. He lives on Barbary yeah. Street in Detroit. Shout outs yeah. to our roots. But also he's a barbarian because he's like raping women and then raping mm. his offspring and creating
0: more fucked up Alabama offspring. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. I mean, I'll say this much, you know, Barbarian and it was Doomhead from 31. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, that guy's great. But I mean, I'm I'm all, almost sad that he wasn't in more of the movie, but I was I was fine with it. Um Richard Brake, yeah, that's his name cuz you know, I mean, he was really just there to kind of give like a very brief background into what was happening, which I think is fine. I mean, I know it kind of showed it, but um but for this movie it was sort of necessary. But um, I, th- this movie I'll say for me went up all the way to number two because it was definitely the most unnerved I've been with a horror movie this year. I think like the especially that entire kind of opening act, like before you realize like what's going on, but also after that, like I was still I was still engaged and I was still freaked out and thrilled like after the monster reveal. But especially leading up to that, with the mystery, with the tension, everything that was happening—you know, people screaming in the movie theater, like "No, don't go back in there!" Like, what are you doing? That whole part was uh, was was very anxiety-inducing for me, and uh, I thought that that was was very effective. Like one one of the best segments of a horror movie that, to come out this year for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the, the fact that all like the little um, like what like all these people are supposed to represent in society wasn't like shoved down your throat. Right. Bill Skarsgård's character was supposed to be the guy like he he's not going to like date rape you, but he maybe would. Right. You know what I mean? Like that was his whole vibe. And then her vibe was like, you know, being like the trusting woman who's just trusting because she's put in a situation where she feels like she's forced to like have to trust you know Mm -hmm. what i mean or it's because she's scared or it's because you know xyz a multitude of reasons and like she's basically backed into a corner you know what i mean yeah exactly and i felt i felt i I like that those messages were weren't like super like explicit shoved down your throat and she started talking about like you know like she like (laughs) no buzzwords were thrown around like she wasn't like saying like, you're mansplaining me mm-hmm. you're, you know, 40% of men. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like this movie made its point without like explicitly like spitting all that shit in your face, like the black
0: Christmas. Remake oh yeah. Did. God, don't even bring that up. I, but I know what you mean. I mean, um, like you said, it, it was not very explicit. You can kind of just infer these sort of messages from, from the dialogue, from the situation at hand. And, um, uh, you know, people were going like, ah, the character wasn't very bright or whatever. But, you know, but, but she was supposed to be a good person is what I'll say. And that's what that's what it was about her. That's yeah, what it was And, about you know, her. if you're a good person, you try not to, like, leave people behind. Right. You try to do the good thing. And and so I, I know people are always harping on about, like, logic in horror movies. But you know what? Logic doesn't make a horror movie. That's It's just as simple as no, that. No, it doesn't. Um, so I understand her motivations in this movie. I, I get it. Um, I, I love the fact that they, you know, kind of had Bill, uh, Bill Skarsgård in there as a red herring. And then I especially in, really love the fact that in the middle of the movie, they kind of flipped it all around, put Justin Long in there and in, in almost like a separate situation. But it all ended up tying together, which was fantastic. Yeah. I think, I think uh, they did a really great job like tying all those threads together
1: and he totally was a bad person like just oh, along yeah. character and you could tell like when he started explaining to his buddy at like the at like the bar like if he you know sexually assaulted that woman or not mm-hmm. and then once he explained it the way he explained it he basically like coerced her
0: and all that stuff and you're like oh so you are a piece of shit cool mm-hmm. like yeah I mean you could tell right away that he deserved whatever was going to happen to him but you were still very much interested in what was going to happen, especially when you realized that he was going back to the same place where all this crazy shit just happened. And so you knew there was more to it. And I think that it was it was a perfect way to draw you back in to this terrifying, crazy situation. Yeah. With with this character that you didn't really want to get ahead. You didn't want him to live. But I don't know. It it was just uh it was very cool. I, I loved like the setup. I loved the execution um sure it had some flaws but you know here's the thing it it created a really cool atmosphere especially with that whole underground segment i thought it was very tense very creepy and um honestly it it was scary at times you know and that's the important thing and it kept you engaged the whole time so
1: yeah honestly Like, I don't have much to add because, like, we've really touched base on this Mm -hmm. movie because, like, there's not a whole lot to unpack. Like, the implicit stuff's, like, not something that's, like, super, like, conceptual and, like, convoluted. It was just basic, like, societal things that people, like, Mm -hmm. tend to, like, not really notice. Like, the, you know, women being backed into the corner and why they got to make, like, certain decisions and why they're kind of, like, nice to people, and they'll be like, well, why didn't you just mm-hmm. tell him to fuck off? It's like, well, that's not how it works, because women can be subjected to, like, violence, you know, if they turn down a man, and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like, there's just, there's just all these points, and I feel like the movie, like, just touched base on that really good, and the fact that she was a good person, and why she didn't, like, I mean, she was still, like, you know, very, like, kind of suspicious of people, but not to the point where, like, she completely, like, shut people out. And at the end, that's what almost fucked her is that like she just assumed the best of people. And then she she like went out of her way at the end to go help him. And that let led her into like deeper shit because like she could have just like literally just walked the fuck away from that whole situation.
0: Yeah, she could have, but she didn't. So, uh, all right, that's our number two pick. I I really wonder if we have the same number one. Um, I feel like it's possible, but I guess we'll see here in a moment. So, Sam, what is your number one horror movie of twenty twenty two? I will let you know right now, we did not pick the same number one. Okay. Because I didn't say anything because at my number one is Terrifier 2. Oh, okay, all right. Gotcha, all right, well, why is it, I mean, we talked about it, but just tell me why it's your number one.
1: You know me, I love cheesy 80s slashers. I've been waiting for so long for this one. I I watched it like the second it became available, did that little like temporary like screen box subscription or whatever. Uh and then you know canceled it obviously because i don't give a <laughs> shit about scream box no offense to scream box I yeah. just shutter like we are like that's our thing mm-hmm. you know it's always been like a me and you thing shutter so i i felt like we needed more art the clown it took the movie like a you know a few scenes to like start unraveling into like your stereotypical like terrifier art the clown slasher movie but i felt like we had a we had a we had a storyline with mystique nothing was like really like flushed out to like the extent where you know exactly what's going on that's what i like like i said i hate movies that spoon feed us i love the kills i loved seeing art the clown and i thought sienna was a fantastic new final girl and she's memorable and she has she 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 just has like these like distinguishing characteristics like she got her shit pushed in like multiple times and she still got up to save her little fucking brother she's like a fucking badass like valkyrie angel Mm -hmm. and she's just She kicked his ass at the end, man. Spoiler alert. You know, like, she's a a fucking gangster. I loved seeing Art the Clown. I love Halloween-themed movies. You know that about me. Mm -hmm. Any movie that's, like, set around Halloween, I love. And then this movie had everything I wanted. Halloween, slashers, badass final girls. And that's why it is at my number one. Once again, David Howard Thornton knocked it out the park as Art the Clown. And I felt like the two-hour runtime was super necessary. It did not feel... Like a two and a half hour movie, I did no, not feel like didn't. I just. It did not feel like I just sat through Titanic, and it was badass. The kills were badass. The pacing was completely necessary. The dream sequences, their dad's journal, everything tied in, and we will see next movie how this all pans out. And I cannot wait because I hope they make a millions and millions of dollars because after terrifier two and all the hype it got everyone's going to tune in to see terrifier three it is going to be a staple in every horror movie household mr art the fucking clown
0: yeah i couldn't have said any better myself man i think uh you know art is definitely the next mount rushmore style horror icon especially in like the modern age of horror movies so uh, well deserved, well deserved well um i'm excited yeah well i you know there's like a pretty glaring omission from my list. I don't know if you haven't seen it, or if you forgot about it, or if it just didn't make your list for whatever reason. Which is totally fine. Um, I know this one, as usual with his movies, is is very divisive. But uh, my number one horror movie of twenty twenty two is none other than, yep, Jordan Peele's Nope. Oh, yeah. I I want to hear. I want to hear your take why? and
1: why you why you loved it so much.
0: Listen, man, uh, dude, I was just, I don't know. I was just sucked into the whole vibe from, from the get go, you know? And once I, once I really learned more about the film, about its themes, I mean, I even wrote about it a few times for like screen rant. I really dove into it. Um, I mean, this movie is just spectacular, you know, it, well, first of all, here's the thing, you know, I, I was excited about it from the moment I even like saw, like you know the promotional materials for it and then like the trailer because i was like oh wow you know this is really cool like a, a ufo kind of like sci-fi horror movie from none other than jordan peele like this is really interesting the trailer obviously didn't give us really too much as far as like themes and anything it was just about these like uh horse trainers who encounter a ufo um on like a farmstead or whatever okay basic enough story um you, you have seen it right I have not. Okay, you have not, not damn. I don't know if you
1: remember, but I we were go I was going to go see it with Olivia Oh, and then some shit came up. I forgot uh, what
0: happened. Okay.
1: All right. Well, you you got to watch it. So, I'm not going to I I was just you it's crazy. I was just talking to Olivia about nope, like it was either today
0: mm-hmm. or yesterday. Okay. Like well, it's Yeah, you you, you got to go see it. But look, uh, so I'm not going to spoil anything. So, no spoilers here, but there's it you know, you if you watch the trailer, you kind of know what to expect on the surface from this movie, but what's actually going on is is not what you would expect. And so this movie for me Is it had... out Is it out on d- on uh, media yet? Yeah, it, it is. It's not like streaming free I don't think anywhere, but you can no, I'm you ju- can I, No, I'm, yeah. I'm probably just going to get the Blu-ray. You know how I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's available. There's even like a pretty nice 4K, but um Ooh. But but what I'll say is this, this movie had the biggest twist in it for me. This year in a horror movie, which I'm I'm incredibly excited about, because once once it happens on the screen, you're gonna be like, oh shit, like that's awesome, because it's it's not what you would expect. At least maybe maybe you will, I don't know, but I didn't, and so I really enjoyed it, um, in that aspect. So I, I, unfortunately, I can't go into it too much, but but it's a really cool twist because it's a little bit of a different sci-fi horror than what you would expect, and there are some really just fantastically done themes in this film. When you watch the film, you're going to understand it's, it's very much like a Hollywood movie, but it talks about Hollywood in a very specific way. It goes into like exploitation and spectacle because all these characters in one way or another are reflective of like exploiting uh, something to, to, Generate a spectacle, exploiting something to create a movie, to create something that people are going to go want to see as they're chasing down this UFO. It all ties in together beautifully. Jordan Peele does a fantastic job, I I think, tying in all these themes together. The cinematography is stunning. The score is fantastic. The sound design is amazing. And there are some genuinely like horrifying uh, parts in, in this movie. You'll see what I mean. But, um, just, like, front to back, I think it's, like, an incredibly well-done film, and, like I said, it has, it, it 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 presents you with this idea, and then it completely goes, like, a different way than you'd expect, but it still manages to tie in all these, like, really interesting themes together, um, and, you know, I'm a sucker for sci-fi horror, too, so. For sure. Uh You know, I I can't really go that much more into it, but that's that's what I'm going to say. And I I just really liked it.
1: I purposely would like scroll past the posts about Nope and like the comments because I Mm -hmm. did plan on watching it when it came to physical media and I did not want any spoilers because I know like judging by the people who commented on it, I could tell that I was going to be one of the people that liked it and not one of those fucking, (laughs) you know, hicks that like just want to watch another fucking Jason movie. You know what I mean? So yeah. like uh, I've read one fucking spoiler that I regret. So spoiler alert if you haven't watched it. I've learned that the the thing that you think is the ship is the alien.
0: Okay. That's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, it's like an organism. So it's it's not a ship, you know. And and that's what everybody thought it was going into it. But then you kind of learn that it's it's in itself a life form, which is really really cool because you know, I've never really seen that done in like a sci-fi horror movie before so is like is the whole like is the whole like movie about like
1: the whole like this the, sh- the fucking dodginess of hollywood is like the ship supposed to represent hollywood or the alien's no, supposed to represent hollywood no the
0: the ship isn't really supposed to represent hollywood the the ship is kind of so like i said the central theme is kind of exploitation and and spectacle right so it the ship kind of represents how hollywood or filmmakers would exploit say animals for example in films to create something that people want to watch but something that that, something i like that i like that a lot but but (laughs) it's it's something that they can't control it's something that they don't really understand and that's the whole point it's like you know you're trying to capture they're trying to capture proof of this thing but there's this whole analog about like a theme of you know you're not really supposed to try to control things that you don't understand for like personal benefit, for like for personal gain, for you know publicizing it. Et I gotta watch this fucking movie, dude. Yeah, it there's there's a lot of it. There's a lot of like really fantastic writing that that um, exemplifies like all those themes. So yeah, so I really liked it. And then, like I said, it's not just that; it's also the fact that he creates some like really memorable, crazy fucking scenes. That are both like beautiful and also horrifying at the same time. You'll see what I mean. That's what I want. Yep. So yeah, definitely go watch it if you haven't seen it. That's my number one movie of the year. Um, it, it's been a while. I mean, like Jordan Peele's movies have been creeping up, almost hit my number one, and this is this is the one that did it. I would say this is probably my favorite Jordan Peele. I mean, I know his other films were like more heavy on like black centered themes, and there are some in, in this movie, but. Um, this one's definitely kind of more of a, like a gaze at at hollywood itself okay yeah but uh yeah that that's gonna be it so guys thanks for sticking around if you have this long, um we really appreciate you being here we love doing these top 10 lists and uh i'm really looking forward to 2023 i'm wondering what my what our uh next you know number one movies are gonna be Oh, our number one movie is definitely going to be Evil Dead Rise. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> I hope so. I Come hope
1: on, so. bro. We're both fucking stands for that shit. So like, there's no yeah. way we're not going to love that
0: movie. Yeah. Unless it's completely batshit stupid. No. I, I I think we're gonna. I think we're really gonna like it. But we'll see when it comes out, man. But uh, yeah, that's gonna be it, guys. Uh, like I said, thanks for sticking around, Sam. Uh, if they want to hear or see more of Grave Discussions, where can they find us? If you want to look for us, you will find us. The main place is
1: HTTPS, just to be secure, colon slash slash www.gravediscussions.net. And you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.
0: That's right. And then uh, you can also follow us on social media, of course. Just look up Grave Discussions. We should be right there. Follow us for all the latest, you know, news and updates and when we have new episodes, new articles, etc. Um, but that's really it, guys. Um, you know, if you like this, leave a comment, share it, and then we're gonna be taking a break through the holidays, and we'll be back next year with more grave discussions.
1: 2023 is <laughs> gonna be a trip.